Welcome to On the Journey with Carissa and Friends, part of my journey of faith ministries. I'm Carissa Hardage, and I'm excited to have you join me each week as I chat with friends about the ups and downs of their journeys of faith. You'll become familiar with voices such as Shelley Chandler, Sarah Here, Rebecca Bean, and more. And you will also hear from stories of women who have experienced victories and struggles, but continue to trust God on their journeys. Hebrews 3.13 tells us to encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today. In other words, we were never meant to do life alone. So join us each week for a little bit of encouragement and for strategies to help each other navigate as we continue on the journey together. Carissa, thank you for joining me today on this episode of On the Journey with Carissa and Friends. And today's going to be a little bit different because I'm kind of wanted to do a check-in. Um, it's July, and we're halfway into this year, and we're in our sixth month of podcasting, which kind of blows my mind. Uh, when, you, when I started this, I was super excited, and then I was just thinking to myself, oh no, I really am doing this, and now we're six months in, and it has just, it's really been a joy for me. I've grown so much and learned so much from all the amazing women that God has gifted us with, and they're just incredible, incredible stories, <laughs> and so I'm so grateful for the, the guests who have joined me up until this point. And I'm excited to see what he has in store for the future. But right now, I want to do a check-in. And this is something that I do every summer for myself. I kind of stop and take a minute to just evaluate where I am. I do this, you know, at the beginning of the year. I think we all do our goals and and really make plans for the year. and, And that's exciting and fun for me. I love the new year, just like I love Mondays. Weirdly, I love the beginning of the new week because it gives me an opportunity to make new plans and and have a fresh um, goal and for the year and purpose and things that I want to accomplish, and it's exciting. And then about July, August, mid-year, I need to evaluate where I am in that process, and sometimes it's not where I want to be, and sometimes I'm hurting myself. I'm, I'm kind of sabotaging my own progress and I don't even realize it. And so check-ins are, are a necessity. Check-ins are a form of awareness. And that's what I want to talk about today. I've been talking about this quite a bit on uh, social media and also just throughout the podcast. Part of the purpose of On the Journey with Carissa and Friends is to kind of build a community of women who are boldly seeking to know God and for us to know ourselves as deeply as we possibly can. And some of this is from learning uh, the from the experiences of others as we hear their story and listen to what they've gone through. It can help us kind of recognize what we're going through in our own experiences and some of them, and that creates an awareness, but also by taking application and really doing work for ourselves, working on ourselves. And so what I want to talk about is what is, uh, what is the work? Because I know that I was raised in a system where work 
was the goal. Work was what achieved the reward. Yes, Jesus Christ saved us by grace, but man, we better work hard to show him that we deserve that salvation. Um, it's a works orient. It was a works oriented life. And I don't want us to make any mistake and, and assume that that's what we're talking about here. Cause that is not, um, a correct gospel in my opinion. And I don't think biblically it is either, um, that God wants us to surrender. God wants us to give over ourselves to him because Jesus says his burden is light. We can surrender to him. We can lay everything down on him who does the efforts and who does the work and who does the changing within us. And so our work is not earning something from God. It's not earning love from God. It's not earning forgiveness because that was accomplished through Jesus. That was given to us through Jesus. All we have to do is believe and belief is a form of surrender. That's what Christ wants from us. Full and complete surrender. And the key to surrender, I don't know if you all have joined me, uh, joined myself and Shelley Chandler through our conversation on identity, but she talks about at length in Romans 12 too, how in order for us to transform into who God really, really wants us to be and, and has put us here to be into the fullness of ourselves, uh, it's also called sanctification in Christianese. But in order for that transformation to take place, we can't be conformed any longer to this world, but we have to have a renewed mind. And what is required before any of that, before we can get to the place of surrender and transformation, we have to realize that there's something wrong with us. We have to realize we need him. We need his help. We can't fulfill his commandment of loving God well and loving others well if we don't know what we're capable of. Love starts from somewhere within us, and we need to be aware of what that looks like. If we are aware to what motivates us, to that driving force in our way of thinking and feeling and doing, then we inevitably miss the fullness of the life that God's offered us. We're operating in habit. We're operating uh, mechanically. And we might not recognize that, unfortunately, until something happens in our life to help us see it. You know, this is something that Jesus teaches over and over and over throughout his time, throughout the Gospels. And then it's continued to be taught by Paul throughout his letters. Self-awareness is incredibly important. And we're going to see that over and over and over in Jesus' teachings. You know, Jesus really is a heart doctor. And the very goal of the covenant that Jesus ushers in, it's the new covenant, it's what's talked about in the New Testament, is that he's going to take what was talked about in the Old Testament, the laws and the requirements and the behavioral modification standards, and he's going to write them on our hearts. He's going to change our hearts. But what that requires of us 
is that we have to recognize our need for change. We have to be self-aware enough to recognize how are we conforming to the patterns of the world? What are our patterns? We need to be able to self-observe and self-reflect enough to recognize what needs to go, what needs to change, what is hurting us instead of helping us, what is keeping us from loving people well and loving God fully, what is keeping us from trusting God, what, what are these hindrances, these areas of our life that are conformed to patterns of the world or patterns of our growing up environment, of our training, of the world that we've lived in. Worlds can be culturally, and it can also be in our homes. What needs to go? Shelley said previously on um, our podcast together on identity that the way to fully experience freedom and transformation is through complete and total surrender. And that is a fact. That is the truth. But what does that look like on a tangible level? And how do we stay that way? How do we stay surrendered so that we can have an ongoing process of transformation? Or like I said before, in Christianese, it's sanctification. It's the same thing. There's one step that I know happens that I've recognized in my own life before any change can take place. Before we can even surrender our lives to Christ. Before He can change our hearts before we can even recognize that there's a problem. There has to be one characteristic that encompasses us, and that's humility. Humility is an incredible change agent. It's a character quality that prompted Jesus to serve others in such a way that glory was given to God. He humbled himself so that he did not consider himself equal to God, but instead became a servant to mankind, God's word says. Because of Jesus' humility, restoration was given to humanity. Because of his humility, we are saved. Humility freed Jesus to withstand temptation against Satan in the desert when he was starving and thirsty and tired and alone. He was humble. Humility prompted Jesus to keep going when he was praying in the garden of Gethsemane the evening before he would go to the cross and ultimately perform the greatest act of humility, death for us. When blood was pouring down off of his forehead, humility said in him, not my will, but yours be done. Humility comes from a place really, really deep within us that enables us to love outward instead of inward, to love more others, to recognize love for others more than our love for ourselves. Jesus' love for God, his love for our God, and his love for us kept him humbled to the point of complete obedience. Humility is the act of reflecting on ourselves and ultimately submitting ourselves. You know, there's a reason, sadly, that suffering can be seen so often in the Bible because 
suffering really is a great producer of humility. Nothing is more humbling than failure or struggle or suffering in ways that we can't help ourselves out of. We can't change. Suffering and failure and things that we encompass, that we encounter on this world over and over and over again bring us to the place to recognize that we really aren't in control of anything. We really can't control what's happening around us because we're broken. And we live in a broken world. Unfortunately, suffering helps us come really close to our places of deficit. But it helps us to realize that because we're broken and because we live in a broken world, we need help. We need a savior. Humility brings us a point to a point where we recognize our need for Jesus. And in turn, when we see that Jesus is here, he has come, he has, he has given himself for us, it helps us to see helps appreciation take over. It helps fill our heart with love and with gratitude. It helps us recognize grace. It helps us take one step closer to freedom and transformation. Humility recognizes broken places, which allows for us to surrender when the restorer of our brokenness is recognized. I can tell you right now, and I know that many of the women who have been on with me before can say how much more I love Jesus every time I see areas that I need him. And then he actually shows up and heals me. You've heard story after story after story over these past six months, this proof that this is true. But humility comes with being aware of ourselves. Unfortunately, because we live in a fallen world, um, we're living on this side of heaven. Unfortunately, we don't really, truly, and honestly look at ourselves very often. And a lot of times, Some of us will go through life not doing it at all unless we experience a trauma or a crisis or unless suffering forces our hand. One of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast and my hope from this podcast is it won't take a crisis or suffering for you guys to take a minute and realize what self-awareness means and how important it is. I want to show you guys through the stories of other people and through giving you actual tangible resources that you can be self-aware. You can be self-aware, but it's going to take a lot of courage and humility. We have to be willing to be very, very vulnerable and honest with ourselves and with God. It's not easy. Goodness gracious Self-awareness is not easy. That's the work. That's the work that we started talking about, this podcast talking about. It requires you to love outward 
more than inward. It requires you to live out this thing we call faith, which is really, truly trusting God, that He will continue to redeem the ugliest parts of us. It requires us to admit that there are parts of us that need to be transformed. It requires humility. And then we have to surrender with our hands open, just boldly saying to God, this is what I've believed for this many years. These are my patterns that have developed because of what I've believed. This is what my story looks like. And I think your story is more honest than mine. Here it is. Seeing our need for a Savior helps us to love Jesus and appreciate Jesus in a way that brings humility. And humility allows us to be honest with ourselves and with God. And honesty allows confession, which is a tangible act of surrender. So this is the work, paying attention to ourselves, paying attention to what we're thinking and feeling and doing and the heart motivation that is behind that. This is the conscious decision to play a part in transformation. It's determining what areas we need to let go and what needs to be put in its place. Like I said, honesty really is a tangible act of surrender. You know, this is Jesus' message all through Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount. Talk about a great resource. Jesus begins his sermon, and he's speaking to visible, uh, the visible broken. We're all broken, right? Some of our brokenness is just more visible than others. And so as he's teaching to the crowd on the Sermon of the Mount, the group that he's teaching to is fishermen and the sick that has been brought to him as people have come to hear about who he is and what he does. The the poor, the outcasts. These are the ones that are gathering together, the crowds that have gathered together to hear what Jesus has to say. And this is what Jesus tells them. Here's who's blessed. Blessed are those who are poor, who recognize that they need Jesus. That requires self-awareness, friends. Blessed are those who are mourning with grief, both for the brokenness around them and for the brokenness in them. That's self-awareness. Blessed are those who long for righteousness. And that means right relationship with God and with others. That's what righteousness is. Right relationship between two people. That requires self-awareness. Blessed are those who are merciful. I mean, come on, that really requires self-awareness because you have to see in what areas you're withholding. Blessed are those whose hearts are pure. How do you know the condition of your heart if you're not self-aware? Blessed are those who work for peace. 
This requires humility and love for others over their self. That requires self-awareness. And finally, Jesus says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for doing what is right, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And in that sentence, Jesus assures us that it is safe for us to do this thing. It is safe for us to pay attention to who we are and what we're thinking and doing and feeling. And it is safe for us to humble ourselves before him so that he can weed out the parts that need to be pulled out and fill us up with the parts that make us free and whole. We can trust him because blessed are we when we are vulnerable and become persecuted. Blessed are we when we are able to change and to love others more than ourselves because we are safe even when we're persecuted because ultimately theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Our reward is with him. He's got us, y'all. He's got us. We're safe with him. We get to experience his ultimate blessing. I believe that it's necessary for Jesus to begin stating these blessings because he's about to get into people's business. In the following chapters in Matthew, he starts exposing hearts. If they're not going to be self-aware, then he's going to make them aware of parts of themselves that need to be changed. He starts to talk about heart issues like lust and anger and deceit, heart issues. He is in the business of awareness because he's in the business of change. He does it over and over and over again. Um, In John chapter 1, verse 38, a couple of disciples leave from John the Baptist and come to follow Jesus. And Jesus asks them a question. What do you want? What do you want? And at first that can sound kind of gruff and and tough and not like Jesus, but Jesus is saying, what are you doing and why are you doing it? What is the motivation behind what you're choosing right now? Be aware of following me. Why are you doing this? What do you want from me? And then in John chapter four, after Jesus' time, with the Samaritan woman, helping her be self-aware, she runs back to her village and she says, come and see a man who's told me everything I ever did. And she was excited about it. This man exposed me for who I am and she was happy, so happy that she went and told everybody else, hey, guess what? He'll expose you. He can do it but he's the Messiah. He can save us. Can this be the man who saves the world? She was humble enough to really listen to Jesus. She wanted to be self-aware. And in Acts chapter 9, there's a man named Saul who's on his way to act in ways that are hurtful and murderous and shameful. And he 
They stopped on a road. Saul, why are you persecuting me, Jesus says. Why? Why are you doing what you're doing? And I think that Jesus is asking us to really consider that question, all of us. Why do we do what we do? Why are we choosing what we choose? Why are we allowing feelings that we're allowing to consume us and dictate our actions and behaviors? Why do we believe what we believe? My hope is that as you've heard story after story, we're doing this thing. We're doing it. We on all the guests and the people who've joined me on the journey are doing this thing together. We want to be aware of ourselves so that we can humble ourselves before God, so that we can love Him better and know Him better and love others better to help obey the biggest command that Jesus gives us, which is to love Him and love others. We want to live this out. We want to live free. And I want to tell you now that you don't need a crisis You don't need a a trauma to do this. Self-awareness is not self-improvement. It's not pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps. It's not any of those things. It's being honest. It's being humble. It's being surrendered. It's paying attention to our lives and ourselves and our thoughts and our heart motivation. Why are we doing what we're doing is paying attention so that we can see the areas that need to be surrendered to Jesus. It helps show us our need for God and leads us to humility and hopefully full surrender because it is only through surrendering ourselves fully to the grace of Jesus Christ that we can ever really be free. We have to be willing to go all in in order to truly get to the other side. And I want to be all in. So this is our check-in this summer, and I invite you to check in with me. And in the coming episodes, we're going to dig into resources. I'm not going to leave you hanging. Matthew chapter 5, really all Matthew chapter 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and on. Jesus will give you resources. The Sermon on the Mount is a great one. But we're going to help you with other just really neat tools that can help you take one step at a time to really be a part of active surrender. And one place to start today is a verse in Psalms 139, and it says, Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. See if there's anything in me that offends you. And lead me down the path to everlasting life. In that verse is awareness, humility, confession as an act of surrender. And you're handing it over to Jesus. Friends, I hope you have a great rest of the week. I'm excited to bring you 
upcoming episodes where we're going to give you really neat tools. But the best resource that you have is the Holy Spirit living inside of you, thanks to Jesus Christ. As always, I hope that you encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today. And join us back next week on the journey.